Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. At Bright Vibe, we believe everyone deserves to be happy. But in today's world, everywhere you turn, there is division and negativity. At Bright Vibe, we have created a global movement to bring 8 million people together who are inspired to live bright, live bold, and share bright vibes. Alone, it can be hard to change, but together we can change the world. Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. All right. Well, Dr. Benjamin Ritter, welcome to the show. So happy to have you on today. I am super excited to be here, and uh, this is kind of like a treat because my next treat after this are breakfast tacos, which <laughs> I am I, I feel very motivated to have this conversation. <laughs> right. So you're going to talk super fast, and you're going to be laser focused. So we get a lot of information in a very short amount of time. So you uh, see, and, and this and this is the trick, by the way. You just have a motivating factor, exactly. right? Yes. <laughs> Someone wants to work towards. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Mine, mine's tacos. Right. So you're described as a talent development executive. You have a doctorate in organizational leadership. What does all of that mean? What does that mean that you'd kind of do? Yeah. So basically I work with organizations and I work with people to help make work more fun, right? Help Mm -hmm. people basically uh, have a career that they can say that they love, that they feel proud of, that they're excited about, that they're fulfilled with, as well as have a perception of what work is actually supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So I work with organizations to develop a variety of programming. I can work directly with their executives as well as just roll out policies and procedures and programs, as well as, as, well as I work with individual clients outside of organizations. Okay, so that could be either fixing where they're at, becoming more powerful leaders. Part of that is also just feeling that you are a more powerful leader, mm-hmm. as well as potentially transitioning into new organizations. So it's kind of neat that I have the I have the hiring component, I have the internal organization piece, as well as I have the how to actually take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of really um, all these different pillars keep it novel, as well as allow me to apply you know skill sets that each that each piece of them uh, have developed and honed over time. Interesting. And I think, you know, there's more transition now. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the show is there's more transition now, I think, from career standpoint, from even geographical standpoint, than definitely I've ever seen in my lifetime. uh, As far as, you know, and I was even listening to a program this morning, and they were talking about, you know, how, you know, obviously, everybody right now knows that it's kind of a, um, an employee, I would say market, meaning there's more jobs, and there are people to fill them. Um, as far as who want to fill them, I guess is a better way to say that. But, um, you know, what's been your, you, you deal with companies every day, you deal with um, people that are employed every day. So kind of what, what are you seeing? What are you hearing from people um, that are going through this? I guess what they're earmarking or not earmarking, but uh, coined as the great resignation. I mean, kind of what's, what are you hearing? What, what's going on there? Yeah. So there are a lot of different factors, a lot of different pieces of it. I do. I would like to say, though, that I think maybe the headline of the Great Resignation got a little tired, so then people went to the Great Reshuffle. <laughs> and then you started having people talking about how, oh, it's all fake. It's not real. Oh. This was happening before, you know, the, the pandemic happened. Or, and so now you're kind of getting, okay, this headline got a little tired. What, right. what do people want to read about? Um, but mainly what we can say is that there are um, a lot of people that don't want to work in lower level positions that used to be working in them for whatever mm-hmm. reason. We have more competition for positions that are offering benefits that some people thought were more rare, even though they're more common now. And we have organiza- organizations trying to figure out, well, how do we manage this? As well as we have uh, a kind of an employee base, a talent base, that is now having maybe higher expectations than are potentially able to be met by organizations. And then throw on the fact that now we have some, you know, we're kind of almost in the in mists of a recession. 
Right. So companies that were living off of funding and now don't have a cash runway are having to lay off 20, 30% of their employees again. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting a flood of the market of that talent. So getting higher levels of competition for, you know, kind of these highly sought after jobs. So it's a very, there's a lot of different pieces because then you still have companies that are hiring. Right. And yep. companies that are changing benefit structures to attract, you know, the greatest talent. Mm-hmm. And on, again, and on top of that, now policies that are pushing organizations to share salaries. So it's mm. like, wow, what's happening right now? There's greater benefits. Uh, the, the talent base is seeking those benefits, maybe believes that more is possible than what is possible. I can't tell you how many times I have to work with a client that has maybe five years of experience looking for, you know, a 200K job where they work 20 hours a week in a remote. Like there's some kind of level setting as well right. that needs to happen. Um, so it's a very, very interesting marketplace. And I kind of threw a lot at you. I'll pause for mm-hmm. a second and kind of so you can take <laughs> us back on the path. Well, yeah, you're, and I guess as, and I haven't, um, I've been working on our summit and some of the other stuff we're doing. So I haven't, I know that we're uh, economically, you know, the markets are trending down and, you know, I think we're, so, you know, the market's getting softer, interest rates are going up, housing market's going to soften. There's a lot of that that's now coming into place too. So it, it's, um, as an employer, I have, you know, a company, a healthcare company that employs, you know, a thousand people. Certainly we are feeling the, the pinch of um, having to provide more benefits, making job offers on the spot because it's healthcare and there's a shortage of healthcare workers. But that, to, to some degree, that was happening or starting to happen pre-COVID. That's just the industry, you know, healthcare is growing, but the number of people coming into healthcare is not growing in proportion to the need. So I think that's going to be an ongoing thing. But overall, when I talk to other business owners, you know, it's um, while people are coming back into the workforce, it wasn't like before, right? Where, where there was kind of an interview process on both sides. It's still, Hey, this person's a, a solid enough person. We need to make them an offer right away. So I think it's still a definitely an employee, um, I guess, uh, driven market. And I think, you know, for some, for some degree it, it, had swung too far the other way, right? Everything's a cycle. Everything's, you know, it, it had become, yeah. you know, you had a hundred applicants for one job and now, you know, it, it, that's not, that's not the way it's working. Um, so yeah, I think there is a lot of, a lot of transition and turmoil. I, I think it is cool though, also that people have the ability to now to, I remember when I had, you know, jobs and, and stuff and earlier on in my career and, and basically you took the job that, paid the money that paid the bills. Right. And now it's, it's like people want to have a job that's connected to a bigger purpose, a bigger mission, a bigger, right. It's not just about earning money. It's like, what am I doing with my life? And, and more, it seems to me, it's more about purpose. Is that what you're hearing, what you're seeing? Yeah. We'll also keep, let's bring to the forefront Mm -hmm. that companies didn't handle the shutdown well. Right. Right. And they didn't communicate. Basically, what we're looking at is a workforce that lost trust in mm. their employers. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you, I mean, it's every single client. You know, it's they, they actually have now this this bulk, this like this, this pressure that is within them, the, this trauma that they experience from their leadership, from the organization they were with, that they now have to work through. And so mm. when they're looking for that next position, you know, we have to work through that belief and really say, okay, so how do we screen for the types of values that you want from a role? Mm-hmm. And how do we, you know, you're not, there's no rush. How do we have a, a sense of, of patience for yourself? Because the organizations are rushing. Mm-hmm. So you can take your time. 
to figure out a place that you're actually going to be able to thrive even throughout right mm-hmm. um, a traumatic global experience and so there's actually a, a lot of people out there that are just now don't trust work mm-hmm. when there used to be a certain level of loyalty at the same time it's I don't trust you. And now I see these benefits that other people said were rare, but now, and I didn't believe that were possible, such as remote work, right. healthcare types of benefits and what, and flexible PTO and certain comp and bonus structures. Now they say, okay, so I'm going to look for this and I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until I find it. Right. Because I don't feel pressured. And I know that the market is with, it kind of is benefiting me at this point in right. time. And so as an employer, you need to take into account, how am I speaking to these types of individuals? How am I building trust? How am I representing the values of our organization? How are we listening to the needs of each individual um, applicant instead of just making broad policies for everyone that might not actually apply? And it's, so those are all the factors that I think we, you know, one, as if you're looking for a job, what trauma are you carrying with you right now that could be influencing right, how you're searching? And as an organization, how are you communicating to, to those applicants during the uh, candidate experience process that is helping them feel like you are an organization that they can trust? Right. Yeah, definitely. And, and when you're coaching um, uh, people coming back into the job market, coming back into, you know, kind of what steps do you walk them through? What, what's kind of the, you know, and again, kind of that fr- mindset of, gosh, if I've got this degree, this is the type of job I have. And now people are like, well, what do I actually want to do? I guess, how are you helping open up, I guess, their, open up the mind or open up their um, understanding of maybe what do you actually want to do? I guess, how do you walk people through that? Yeah. So I had a moment in my career that led me to this path. Mm-hmm. And basically I was working in healthcare for almost seven years. Mm-hmm. And really was resentful towards my employer. And that made me resentful towards the work, made me resentful towards the people around me. Mm-hmm. And so I got into a very uh, dangerous place of victimhood, mm-hmm. blame, mm-hmm. and where I had one foot out the door, look, always looking for jobs, uh, always looking to do less, not volunteering for projects, not taking advantage of where I was. Right. Ultimately, even though they thought I was a great employee, really I was burning the bridge without them knowing it right, right. because when I was going to leave the burn the bridge was going to be gone and it was going they were going to they were going to know and luckily on the way to work one day I realized what was going on and I realized it because I looked around and it it felt like everyone else was feeling the same way like I just this mm. kind of deadpan zombie mm-hmm. type of mentality like or you know going <laughs> to work in the morning can't believe I'm doing this and I was like wow this isn't the way to live mhm and I realized at that point I was being very reactive in my career for a variety of reasons. I can throw out a ton of excuses, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that I got four job offers from four different federal agencies and they were all canceled over the span of two and a half years because of funding. And like I literally would sign on the dotted line. I could throw a variety of different things that happened to me during this, this time frame that led me to where I was in that day. Mm-hmm. But I still ultimately was choosing to feel that way and to act that way and to not change it. And so I decided, okay, how do I, how do I become proactive? And the steps that I took at that time, you know, have been modified you know, through my education, through the research of job satisfaction, motivation, and, and et cetera. But ultimately, they're the same. I stopped and I said, okay, I need to get clarity. Right. What is it that I, what is it, what are my values at first and at heart? 
not what are my goals, what are my values, what do I truly carely, what do I care about? Mm-hmm. That if I have that, I can feel some general aspect of motivation and fulfillment from. And if you want to explore your values, you can go through an activity, but a lot of people will do kind of a, here are a bunch of keywords and circle them and those are your values. I don't attest to that at all. Mm-hmm. I actually say your past experiences are great indicators of what your values could be. Mm-hmm. So go look at your five most favorite memories and then mm-hmm. pull out the themes within those memories. Mm-hmm. Pull out your five worst memories. You know, label, put out your five worst memories. Pull out the themes from those memories and look at the opposite. And then when you have these general themes, you can then define them because everyone defines a word differently. Like your health would be different than my health. Mm-hmm. And in terms of how we would define that in terms of a lifestyle and actions. And then through those definitions, we could say, okay, I need an organization that represents some of these values, right? You can actually prioritize them and rank them, et cetera, too. But that's like the undercurrent, that's the foundation. And I'll quickly go through some of the other steps and we can dive into them. Once you have your values, you can actually create goals. What are the things that I want to achieve? Mm-hmm. And then you can develop what are the different plans to potentially get there. So you can have different careers that all actually let, allow you to live the same values but um, and still allow you to reach the same goals. But then you have to believe that it's possible. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people that I work with as clients don't even believe that some of the things are possible that they want to achieve. They worked in one area that I didn't think they can tr- transition to the next. They don't know how. They don't have the hard skills to be able to understand what you need to do for the job search. Mm. And then that third piece is when you have clarity and confidence, you can then have control, which means, okay, I believe in myself. I know what I'm doing. I can wake up and actually prioritize it. And usually the reason why someone procrastinates is because they don't actually have a clear direction. They don't understand the importance of it. And they don't believe that they actually can accomplish it. And so when we have those three things in the job search, then all the other stuff like how to write your resume and how to do your LinkedIn mm-hmm. profile and how to job search, you know, how to have the networking strategy, all that stuff is, you know, is just like putting on clothes in the morning you know, and waking up because mm-hmm. it's, you, know, you can learn the hard skills, but you need to have that foundation first. Right. You have to have the clarity or otherwise everything else is you're just going to get a sub subpar result or end up with a job. You get frustrated, right. right? You get tired, you get demotivated, you focus on the rejection instead of the goal that you're trying to set yourself out to be. You don't believe in yourself because you get, I mean, when you're in the job search, right? 99% of the things that, that you apply to are going to be no. Mm. You only care about the 1%. You only care about the one thing that hits. Right. When you're networking to try to build relationships, you know, I'd say 75% of the people aren't going to reply to you. And so it's like, if, if, if you don't have, if you haven't done the initial, the initial work that is going to steer you off course, and then you're just going to settle. You're going to, you're going to settle for the recruiter that reached out to you. You're going to settle for the friend that said they had a job available. You're going to settle for a past employer that, you know, sent you a message instead of actually staying in this proactive mindset. Right. Well, I think that's true of anything in life. If you don't have clarity and kind of, to your point, know what your values are and have some sense of what your trying to accomplish from the clarity and the values, then you're not going to, whether it's diet, exercise, health, to your point, health, or, you know, relationships or whatever, if you don't have kind of those basic things, you're just going to get what you're going to get, right? You're not going to get the best or optimal result because you haven't even defined what the optimal result is. Even if you get there, even if you would have, if that would have been your optimal result, you, you wouldn't necessarily even know how to identify it because you haven't defined it, right? What we, I, I think there's a, a book that says, uh, asking ye shall receive, I believe is in a, in a good book. And um, if you're not really knowing the clarity of what to ask for, then you're not, and I think that happens so often, not just in the, in the career setting, but in all settings, right? It's, it's the more clarity we have around our life, um, 
the the more opportunity we will have to experience it and or to achieve it, I would say. And some people get held up. They say, well, I don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you never know exactly. Because <laughs> life, life in itself is exploration. Mm-hmm. And every person that I have spoken to that knew exactly, so I have unbelievable clarity, right? That changed right. over time. Sure. Five years down the road. And if you're not aware that that can change, if you think that it has to be a certain way, then you're going to end up over-investing in something that already isn't right for you. And I've done that before in my past. And that is not a good place to be. Right. Where you're doing something to do it because you think you're supposed to do it instead of actually wanting to do it or feeling that it aligns with who you are. It's a huge equation for stress and frustration and anxiety. You start wondering why everything starts to feel off in your life. It's because maybe you're investing in things that aren't actually right for you anymore. Very interesting. So you're investing in things that aren't right for you anymore. You know, I've actually heard something around the things, just because you're good at something doesn't mean you should do it, right? Just because you're good at it doesn't mean that that's what you're supposed to be doing right now. To your point, you know, the, the, past, um, the past doesn't necessarily equal the future. It's a good reference point, but what do I actually want to be doing with today? Not, not what's my degree in or what, what's my uh, vocation or... I mean, when I look at my own life, I look, I have certain skill sets and I think I can apply those skill sets to almost anything that I choose to do because it's, you know, I have reference points and I've, you know, learned from mistakes and from successes, but it doesn't necessarily mean I have to do those exact things. I was in real estate for a long time. It's like, I'm starting to get out of real estate right now, um, like selling some buildings and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, I'm good at it. and, And it was fun for a while, but if it doesn't bring me joy today, or if it doesn't bring me joy anymore, then is it really something that I want to invest my time or invest my energy in? Because it does start to feel like work or like, uh, gosh, I got to go do that. And then that takes the, I, I had not heard it quite phrased that way or what you, how you phrased it earlier. But basically, if I start feeling, um, if I start feeling not good about what I'm doing in one way, that's going to bleed over into the rest of my life. Right. It's kind of like passion begets passion or apathy begets apathy. Yeah. So thanks for solving my problems today. I appreciate that, Ben. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm here for. We're not really doing a podcast today. We're just really, this is a, (laughs) which happens a lot on this show. Thank you for the counseling session. I really do appreciate it. So, (laughs) Well, I kind of want to hear more about this because <laughs> I'm sure people can learn from it too. Uh, I mean, the, taking it back to the job, the work mm-hmm. environment, you know, a lot of times people will wonder why they feel stuck at work. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, this job isn't right for me anymore. So they go find another job doing the same exact thing right. for a different company, maybe for a little bit more money. And so they work for about six months to get onboarded. So now they've kind of learned learned the basic skill. They've learned guidance they've gotten a little bit more confidence, right? And so now it starts to get bored again. They start feeling stuck again. Right. Because they, they didn't ask themselves the right questions around, it's not the, you know, it's not the job. It's not the organization. And it might not be, it might, it might not be those things. I'm not saying it's not, but it might not be. It might be how you're working. It might be what you're working on. It might be who you're working with. Mm-hmm. And we tend to just, we do things the same way because they're comfortable. Right. Or we're in the same career because it's comfortable. Right. And so I would suggest, you know, go volunteer, go 
Go look at, go have conversations with people with different types of jobs. Go attend the networking event, even if you don't want to network. How do you get yourself out of your bubble just a little bit more mm -hmm. that might rock you a little bit out of your comfort zone so that you can see the dissonance? It's very difficult to see that things aren't working when you're, when you're so deep within them. Right. Well, I think that's true again of almost every any area of life. It's um, I was on the I was talking to a gentleman yesterday, and and I, I was like, I think to some degree we we bubble wrap our lives. We kind of surround ourselves with bubble wrap so that we don't feel any pain or we don't feel any angst. But then that then we realize that we're numb to the world, and it's because we're you know we we don't want to get outside of our to your point our comfort zone, right? We kind of get get it's it's like. Uh, we get in this rut and we're going and each day we go to work and we, we go home and we do the same things and we eat the same food and we, and, and we never, and, and then we wonder why we feel complacent or we wonder why we feel frustrated or we wonder why it's because, well, we're, what are we doing that's new? We can't, you know, do the same thing over and over and expect different results. We've got to do something that's uh, makes us a little uncomfortable. And I know from my own life, that's the only growth happens in the uncomfortableness, not in the, when I'm comfortable, I'm not growing, right? When I'm comfortable, and there's times where I, I want to be comfortable and just kind of like take a little bit of a, a a break. But for the most part, growth and I think joy and happiness and all the fun emotions they live on the in the growth and as we're growing, um, not not you know sitting still. Yeah, and something you said too about kind of changing careers and such. I sometimes like to look at stories of old, you know, of like really successful individuals. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you look, I give this task to everyone. Just go look up like famous people stories or famous career paths of famous people or something. Mm -hmm. Google will know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> and right. you'll, you'll see that a lot of the famous individuals that you know as icons and you know them for what they do didn't actually get into those areas until later on in their life. They had, you know, three, four, five, six careers. Right. And then they eventually fell into that. Mm -hmm. And even myself, I look at, and look at other people, like ask them, make a career map. How long did it take you to achieve this? How long did it take you to achieve that? And look, especially people in transition. Like for myself, you know, I, I made a map of my career path of launching my business. I ended up still in, as a you know, talent executive um, in like such a short period of time that when I looked back, I was like, wow, it only took that long. I was so afraid of this decision before. Mm -hmm. And even like if, if we were to reflect back on, let's say, how long four years of school took. Now sit back today and think back of that if you went to, you know, did a four-year degree. And like, did it feel like, does it feel like four years today? Right. Or when you reflect back on maybe a past relationship you were on for two, three, four, five, six to ten years, you know, however long it was, does that feel like it was that long of your life? And so like look at these, these moments of investment in your life and that you've spent time on something and ask yourself, at this point in my life, does that feel like a, a large, significant portion of it? And that can help you make decisions moving forward to say, do I want to invest four years in this thing? Because four years of a, of a life really isn't that large of percentage of it, depending on the outcome of those four years, right? We spent four years doing a lot more things, you mm -hmm. know, uh, um, of less importance than potentially what this next career move might be for you. Right. Yeah, definitely. Because if you are investing your time and your passion and your talent, yeah, you want to invest it to your point of earlier. You want to invest it in something that actually matters, I think, to you and to other people and, and how you're contributing. So, you know, I, I've, I've heard several times like when people, 
especially executives and things, when they either sell a business or when they leave a, a career that they've been at for a long time, it's like you need to sit still and do nothing for at least six months. Like don't even, don't, don't go on interviews, don't go on, I mean, just don't do anything because the problem is if you, if you just go right back into it, you're just going to do the same, you're going to have a tendency to apply for the same exact job and do the same exact thing, but that's not necessarily what's best for you, you know, best for your future. And, and I know it's, it's tough for people to do nothing, right. To kind of sit still. That seems like that's a, that's a, that's a, a, a certainly a challenge because as human beings, we, especially as driven, you know, when we're, when we're highly driven, we want to go do something and we want to feel important and we want to feel needed and we want to feel like we're contributing. And so to sit still can be extremely much more painful than actually working or, or working in a job that we don't even like um, until we do have that sense of clarity and that sense of purpose and, and be purposeful with it. And then I think we have a lot greater, I, I just think there would be a lot greater um, opportunity for people than to do what they actually love, do what they actually want to do, right? Another company I know, they actually make their employees take 30 days off like every other year or something. You literally have to leave the office for 30 days and no email and no contact. I mean, it's like you're out on your own little island because they want you to be healthy. They want you to actually want to be there and they know burnout and stress and all that stuff can happen no matter what job you have. You're going to, you have the, there can be burnout and stress just from the, even if you love it, right? Yeah. I, I want to reiterate and you might be going back for a second mm -hmm. because I think it's so important. Um, the things you've done in the past, just because you choose not to do them moving forwards, doesn't take away the importance of them. Right. Because um, you've, you've created memories, you've altered your brain chemistry potentially because of how your brain was firing during those moments. You learned certain things and skills. Uh, you've lived. You in general live, and living is not wasteful. And too often people don't make new decisions that are right for them because of how they lived in the past, mm -hmm. which is which is scary. If you really, when you actually put it in this in this perspective, I'm not going to make a decision for today and for tomorrow and for however long after it because of the decisions I made yesterday. Right. Is that, is that a good way to live? Right. And so it's, it's, are you making the most of your, the life that you have left? Because the life that you've lived is the life that you've lived. It's done. You've, right. you've taken what you've taken from it. And you can use that to create more of a life that you would enjoy living if you are not held back by, you know, whatever it is that you think you now have to do because of some costs. Like, for example, I've closed businesses. I've changed careers, mm -hmm. left relationships. I think a lot of us can probably resonate with some of these things. We moved, left a community of friends, ended friendships, you know. And so it's like those, none of those endings take away from the significance of that life that you lived during that time. It just means that you're now going to create different memories. Right. They're more aligned with who you want to be. Right, right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And then uh, typically the, the, the clients that you work with, the people that are seeking new careers, new jobs, typically, um, you know, what are kind of some success stories or what typically makes somebody, what are the things that somebody's doing? Obviously the clarity, having confidence, um, being purposeful with what they're doing, but um, you know, typically are there one or two things that you notice that people that tend to be successful at this transition and people that tend to fail, I guess. Yeah. And, and by fail, just not quite get there. 
Yeah. So I'd say first off, take ownership of the search. So you need to, if you don't know something, go learn it. There's a ton of resources out there. Um, recruiters tend to be more of a headache. Sorry if you're a recruiter, you are. Uh, so uh, take ownership. Uh, 40% of jobs are found on a job board. 60% are found through conversations. Mm. So I'd say if you're looking at an ROI on your efforts that you want to actually focus on those conversations. And so in terms of, well, what works best? So when someone actually can tell their story from the, a, a perspective, this is why I'm an, I'm an expert instead of this is where I work, which is, and this is who, this is where I went to, like, this is where I went to school. And now this is where I work is usually how people tell their, this is who I am story. Mm-hmm. This is my elevator pitch. So they go, they go 20, 30 years in the past. They tell them where they were. And then now they tell them where they worked, which doesn't tell me anything about you. doesn't make me think that you're, um, you're highly skilled in anything. So instead, if you can tell your story in a way that represents your talent today and how you want to apply that talent tomorrow, then now I have a good memory of you. I understand your brand. So how you tell your brand story is critical. Then you take that brand story and you go connect with people that are doing things that you want to do and working in organizations that you want to work with. Not with the goal of getting a job, but with the goal of learning about those individuals and about the organizations. So a lot of people, what they mistake, what they do uh, mistakenly is they search for a job and mm. they say, I want this job as their first comment. I want this job. This is a job I want. That's what, that's what you're doing when you apply for a job on the internet. I want this job. What you should be doing is I want to learn more about how you got to where you are. I want to learn more about the organizational culture and I want to want to build a relationship with you. Mm. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that while representing your brand, you built a relationship, you built connections. By the end of that conversation, that person may say, have you thought about working here? Or they may say, you know what? You really should talk to XYZ because they specialize in your field. Mm-hmm. And if you can extend your community in that way, that's where 60% of the jobs come from. It's so just- the people that are successful know their story, don't wait for permission to talk to someone, and have clarity around where they want to work. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the, the main pillars. Hmm. I like I love that. And so as we look at the future, kind of of the job market of the market in general, um, but the job market employers, where do you think the what do you think lies in the future for employers, employees, work? I mean, just kind of if you have a crystal ball that you can look into, what are we going to see in the next uh, six months, 12 months, two or three years, five years, however, however long you want to project that in? A wise one. Give us Oof, sage big, advice. That's a big question. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's a big question. It's yes. huge. So I think there's going to be a percentage that go to the, just go back to normal. Mm-hmm. Because that's what happens. The dust settles and some people just go back to the same. And then there's going to be a portion uh, that never goes back to normal. So that focuses on hybrid and remote work, mm-hmm. on providing benefits, um, I think the bigger shift in the majority of the workforce is this movement towards kind of a more humis- humanistic style of leadership. So really focused on development, less on uh, kind of an authoritarian style of leadership. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I think that's going to become more prominent, but it's still going to be a portion. Right. So the companies that invest in talent development, the companies that invest in coaches, internal coaches, and those are going to be the cutting edge organizations, the organizations that need cutting edge and modern talent. Right. 
but you're still going to have the major brands that have enough movement in, in the workforce. We're like, Oh, I really want to work for that big company that are going to be able to skate by maybe how they were treating employees before. So in terms of my crystal ball, I think there's a, there's, there's a shakeup mm-hmm. and that shakeup is for the war of talent to be able to get a certain level of talent. There's going to be also certain companies that change up how they treat employees just based on values. So as you, I think as you see kind of the, the 20 to thirties, you know, mid thirties to low forties become CEOs and become executives. You're going to see a shift in culture within organizations more towards kind of this, let's focus on the employee less about the organization and the business, mm-hmm. but you're still going to have the behemoths and the mammoths, you know, that, that that can get by still getting by. So I, I don't think it's going to be as big as a shift as some people think, but I think it is going to be a shift. Okay. Well, we thank you for that perspective. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I think, you know, in any transition, these are great, great points and great, um, I guess a path in any transition you're thinking about doing is really these things we've talked about earlier in the show were around clarity, you know, what do you want, but what are your values around that? Because I think, you know, values typically seem like they get pushed to the side in companies and individually. It's like that, you know, it's something, it's like an, uh, something that you're already doing, but you haven't identified. And I think once you identify what your values are and get clarity around that, it certainly then helps with, oh, maybe I want to go talk to people that are doing the things that matter to me, or I want to go talk to people in these different uh, areas because, gosh, my values don't align with what I've been doing. They actually align with this other industry or this other career path. So I think that's really key in, in, in moving forward. And, and I think you really need to identify and look at those things, no matter whether you're thinking about transitioning job or not. I mean, even in the current job you're in, you know, you really need to look at your values and are they aligned with what you're actually doing where you work? To your point, you know, you were you were working for a job where you actually didn't enjoy it and didn't, weren't feeling fulfilled. Um, but it was, I would guess that it was, you know, you weren't really looking at your values and how you could apply your values to your current career. I mean, I've heard it said that, you know, um, you know, some of the happiest people in, in the world could, can be janitors, can be, you know, with these very um, jobs that are very repetitive, but the, the effort and the meaning that they bring behind what they do is so um, profound that it's like, you know, I'm keeping the world clean so that people can be healthy or I'm keep, I mean, it's, it's kind of the meaning we give the work we do. It's not just the work we do. We can choose to, to tell ourselves stories, um, negative or positive. Let's choose some positive ones. And you can also change the work that you're doing, yes. which is, I think a lot of people give, give it, give that up. And this all comes down to, right, I think a lot of the things we talked about in terms of the job search as well as crafting your job, uh, as, you know, it's, it's this concept of are you, are you coming from a place of fear? Are you holding yourself back? Is this something you're afraid of? You are, are you afraid of asking for that benefit? Are you afraid of talking to that person? Are you afraid of going to your current boss and having a discussion with them about it? And like, so if we, if we live from a place of fear from, from our work, we are going to have feelings that relate to that. So scarcity, anxiety, frustration. And so if, if we choose instead to be proactive and face our fears, we realize that they're not that scary and that we can have the job that we want. We can find an organization that we, we're, where we uh, fit. And from that, right, we ultimately are a little bit happier every day, can do a little bit more for the world. And, and that's the type of 
type of professional world I want to work in. Oh, definitely. Definitely, definitely. The type of world we want to live in. Well, thank you. How do people uh, get a hold of you, uh, find more of your work? Where's the best? Is it LinkedIn? Is it um, you have a website? What, what really works best? Yeah, so if you want to learn more about me, go to liveforyourselfconsulting.com, liveforyourselfconsulting.com. If you want to connect, I respond to anyone that sends free tacos. (laughs) Send a truck by your house. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Connect with me on LinkedIn, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Send me a message. Let me know that you heard me here. Let's have a conversation. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. And please come back on the show as things evolve. We love uh, updates and, and visiting with friends of the show. So please come back on. That sounds good. I look forward to it. Thank you for being a part of the Bright Vibe podcast. For more information, go to brightvibe.com. That's B-R-I-T-E, vibe, V-I-B-E.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>